Hello, welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today is our first, it's our first, it's really exciting actually, because it's our first panel discussion for some time. We've just taken a bit of time to get around to a panel discussion, but this is one that you'll be able to obviously hear the audio from because it's a podcast. It wouldn't be a very good podcast if you couldn't listen to it. Um, but also you'll be able to watch this visually. Um, we're going to be putting a video out that will be on the HTSA website linked to our YouTube account. Um, and the reason why we've returned to the panel discussion format is because we have brought together the, um, what, what would we call you, the key the key individuals that have helped to cultivate the HSA Future Leaders Group, which is Sophie Lilliman, Rebecca Kelly, Nala Draper and Joel Rocker. So hello to everyone, first of all. Hello. Hi. Hi, Bruce. Hi. Hello. Hello to everyone. Um, so first thing, we was just talking before we actually started recording that everyone on this, as a brilliant bit of uh, planning by myself by accident uh, everyone has already done an individual supply cast so what that means is if you want to know a little bit more detail of everyone on this panel discussion separately you can just go to uh, past episodes of supply cast just find their individual one and you can listen to your heart's content and also you'll be able to find out what they picked when they went to the desert island which was the luxury item favorite movie favorite music i can't remember actually tell you what as a good warm-up can anyone remember first of all can you remember what you picked as your favorite films anyone no i don't think i can oh, sophie you look I, like I, you was quite confident I think, you look like yeah. yes i can <laughs> I, no, I think i, think... I picked the godfather Joe picked the Godfather. That rings a bell, so. definitely. Yeah. A very good pick. And that, that does ring a bell. Oh. Anybody else remember this, Rebecca? I think mine would have been one at Harry Potter's, to be honest. I think it was. Did, yeah. you, did you pick a favourite? I can't remember. Third one, I think. Prisoner. No, wait a it would have been Prisoner of Azkaban. Wait a minute. You haven't done Supplycast? No, I haven't done Supplycast. I've done the 10 questions. All right. Yeah, you haven't done supply cars. Oh, well, there's no. there's a bit of a preview for you, Rebecca Kelly. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the supply cars with you. You're the only one that hasn't done supply cars. You're absolutely right. Don't go looking for Rebecca Kelly's supply cast because you ain't finding it. It's not there. <laughs> You'll be on Spotify for days trying to find it. You're not gonna find it. But Rebecca, what I'm gonna do is we're gonna set up a supply cast as an individual supply cast with you soon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of time to forget that you told us what you're going to pick as your film. And then I'm going to predict, brilliantly predict what you're going to pick. And everyone's going to be really impressed. I might edit this out. I'm going to edit that back out. And then we do the individual <laughs> supply cast. I'm going to say, can I tell you what I think you're going to pick? <laughs> I'm going to do a little Mystic Meg moment. Um, so what the first thing we're going to do is, with the exception of Rebecca, everyone else you can find out about with the individual supply cost. Rebecca's supply cost will be coming soon. Everyone else, though, I just wanted to kick off because at HTSA, we're very committed and pushing forward these individual groups that we're doing now. And the most mature of these at the moment is the women's network group. I mean, in terms of development and progress, not in, in terms of how growing up everyone is on the network, although they are. But that's the one that we've had, um, you know, we've got, we've had, we've done a webinar for that. We've done the uh, the inaugural conference, which was a huge, huge success. And actual fact, if you want to see a little video that was done 
um, with our friends at Acacium uh, actually um, uh, provided us with very kindly. You can now see that on the dedicated women's network page, which is on the HTSA website, there will soon be a dedicated future leaders group uh, page on the HTSA website as well that we're working towards. And the video of this podcast will be going on that as one of the, uh, one of the, one of the main visual interactive pieces there. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to, um, you know, set up, not in my words, but I suppose, Sophie, I wanted to come to you. Sophie, you are you, you are the chair of the group. Um, so I just wanted to, first of all, I could just come to you about what the kind of basic idea around a group is. Um, yeah, so I think my sort of vision of this, and I think just taking my view, um, we kind of want to, with the HSA, we kind of want to bring in sort of the younger and um, more junior level um, members of, of the HSA. A lot of it, so a lot of conferences historically have been sort of senior leaders going to the conferences, attending groups and all the information being um, dedicated or aimed towards those higher levels. We want to sort of, I think the direction the HSA are trying to head um, is sort of aiming at the lower banding to bring those people up and educate them and, and empowering them to go for the higher roles when they're able to and train them into um where they need um train them into the things that will get them to where they want to go mm -hmm. and, and just sort of have that focus on that group of individuals and um, i think that's where i sort of see this group focusing and um especially for you know like my own benefit um everyone else on the on the um call as well and um, kind of wants to bring those those people up really um that's kind of where we, we want to target this group and um, mm -hmm. whether it be sort of training um webinars educational things networking as well I think is key um and yeah I think it's just sort of bringing together ideas and like-minded people to um enhance the membership of HSA as well Thanks for that, Sophie. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to kick off of initially was one of the things that has been in early discussion when we discussed uh, as a group has been um, career obstacles. So when your first, you know, position that you're in when you first came into procurement and what was the initial obstacles that perhaps you faced? Um, Sophie, do you want to start off with that uh, question? Yeah, so in terms of like my first role in the NHS, yeah, and the, obstacle, the initial kind of ob obstacles um, coming at that level and looking to progress. Yeah, so I think, but, so I've been in the NHS five years now, um, this month. So um, I started very much um, sort of band five level, um, coming in straight from uni, um, there or thereabouts, um, not really having an office job before, not really know, understanding the culture of, of an office environment and things like that. So it was very much still getting my head around how to work in an office environment, understanding how to liaise with people. I can do it on a social level, but I've never done it sort of more professionally. Um, and it's under, it was understanding that kind of how I have to change and adapt myself into those different situations and building the confidence as well. I think I struggled, not struggled, but I found it challenging um, coming in and not knowing anything. Um, I'm the type of person where I feel like I need to sort of do the theory behind things first to then have the confidence to be able to go and talk about it. Mm. Um, so that's where I sort of 
stumbled a little bit but I was very mm-hmm. fortunate to be able to be sent on those courses the HSA um, put on and um, any skills development kind of stuff any of those things that I was wanted to go on I was able to go on and um, okay and I think that for me those kind of mm-hmm. initial obstacles were there. Joe can I ask you the same thing? Uh, yeah so um, so far and this is based on my own um, experience I think the main uh, career obstacle and especially uh, at the beginning of, of my career was not to have enough uh, experience uh, in the public procurement uh, area, which is quite a niche and a specific uh, subject matter. So I think I found it a little bit, a little bit difficult. But at the same time, I think this has been uh, mitigated in the past uh, few years, and I can see, uh, for example, um, I'm going to speak. Um, uh, and I'm going to give my organization's uh, example. So NHS LPP, we have been taking uh, several uh, apprentices uh, every year. So mm-hmm. I think this will help them in terms of their uh, their career in the future. But yeah, definitely the, the technical uh, uh, knowledge uh, at the beginning. But like Sophie said, I try to attend as many HCSA and skills development courses uh, as I could. That's great. Leila, can I ask you? thing for me um, was joining because I joined from the private sector so with that manufacturing in the private sector adapting to the NHS wasn't um, you know the NHS and understanding the NHS the challenges the acronyms (laughs) you know (laughs) there is a lot in the NHS so trying to understand everything not only the NHS but also the healthcare system yeah whilst at the same time trying to understand what my contribution to this system could be mm-hmm. was was challenging for me, I think. Um, I've tried about three years ago, and I'm still in that process of understanding yeah. how I can contribute more and more, not only within procurement, but, you know, I have quite, quite you know, I join other, other networks as well. So it's understanding really how I can contribute to the system. Okay. And Rebecca? Yeah, mine's kind of a mix of Joel's and Naylor's, really. Um, My background is predominantly private sector for about 10 or 15 years, something like that. So Mm -hmm. coming into the NHS and having the different rules and regulations around the whole procurement process, it's quite difficult to get your head around because you kind of come from a sort of a lawless environment where you're procuring for just one organisation with no real rules in place to then come into not just an organisation, but a whole different procurement standard. Um, There's a lot, it's a lot to take in and a lot to understand and just knowing the different areas that feed into the procurement process as well, frameworks and and various things like that. It's it's a lot to take in. Okay. Uh, So it it would... uh... One of the things I've heard, and by the way, I can totally identify with getting used to technical terms, acronyms, stuff like that, because when I started working for HCSA, I'd worked in elements of healthcare, but not within um, the buying, you know, the, the amongst the buying side, procuring side. And um, uh, I, had, I had the same, you know, exactly the same thing with those things. So I identify, I feel everyone's pain <laughs> on that whole getting used to it process. Um, it would strike me that, that, um, mentors would be very important at that stage 
Um, and I certainly I've, I've heard that from people that um, within an it's procuring mentors or thinking of a mentor, finding a mentor uh, is very important. So I wanted to ask you if, if you do have an individual that you felt was particularly important to you when you was making your way, maybe start with you, Joel, on that one. Um, yeah, I've had um, multiple uh, multiple colleagues uh, that helped me um, in the beginning when I joined uh, LPP, uh, who took me through um, the procurement rules um, and took me to important meetings where uh, I, I learned a lot. So yeah, I think a mentor uh, will be very, uh, and it is very, very important because a mentor will, will, um, will, will support you, pass his or her knowledge onto you, provide uh, feedback, advice, and uh, help you define and, and reach your goals um, as well. And again, as I've just mentioned, it can be a key relationship um, in our professional uh, uh, in our professional life and one that has the potential to impact uh, your your choices and your your career um, in the future so yeah i'll say yeah some my managers and not just my managers some of my colleagues they have been they have mm -hmm. been mentors and they have uh, taught me a lot so you wouldn't pick out a particular individual, but for you, it was the, the, the sort of group effort around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. it was definitely, uh, definitely a group effort, and uh, I've I've had the luck to be part of um, several teams at at LPP, but even outside of um, the teams I was I was part of, I also had brilliant colleagues that mm -hmm. uh, took me under their wing and um, just explained a lot of the public procurement uh, okay. rules to me yeah excellent uh Naila, can i ask you the same question mentor do you have a particular mentor that guided yeah. you early on i have um so i had many people that helped me throughout mm -hmm. my career mm -hmm. in the nhs but i have one person who is not in the nhs anymore <laughs> right okay that's, that's really, fine <laughs> yeah his name is andy reithals and there is a joke that i can never say his last name even though he's my mentor <laughs> uh, I made sure I practiced this time, Andy Wright Hulsh. Okay, <laughs> and, and where was that at? So we worked together for the Lancashire Procurement Cluster mm -hmm. in the NHS, but he is now with Preston City Council. Okay. And, and it's great having a mentor. For me, for me, it's really good to have a mentor that is still still works in the public procurement, mm -hmm. but for a different organization. Sure. It just keeps it gives me perspective. Mm -hmm. how things work it you know because it is even though it's a similar environment it's still different so it kind yeah. of keeps my my perspective wider i would think but okay yeah, a key role and you're still like you you're still in contact for yeah, advice and things like that that's yeah. brilliant, still my brilliant. Mentor today, yeah. excellent um rebecca can i ask you the same question um, I had one very early on when I was about 18, um, when right. I did my first role in Sheffield City Council. Um, she was the procurement manager and she kind of gave me a good basis for what public procurement was mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, putting a tender out, getting sealed bids and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think since moving into Nottingham, where I've been, I think, about three months so far, mm. there's different people managing different categories and it's really helpful to get 
other people sort of feeding into things that I might not necessarily be so sure of. Mm-hmm. So I would say there's not one direct person within the trust, yeah. but there are a group of people. Um, it, it's been a really supportive environment and I've had a really in- good induction process. So I wouldn't, I don't have any worry that there's nobody here that I can speak to if I, if I need the help or the guidance. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's great. You've had that support network mm-hmm. there. Sophie. Yeah, I think um, I've been I've been very fortunate, really, in, in all the roles I've had in the NHS. I've had very supportive managers who's understood that I've what I've wanted to do in terms of develop and train and be involved in the HSA like I have been. Um, they've been very open and, and happy for me to to go down that road. Mm-hmm. I think from having that first role um, as a sort of category assistant having sort of the, the category manager and the, the head of procurement being very supportive and encouraging of developing and um, that's that was sort of invaluable to me as sort of a kickstarter to my career I wouldn't say I've had formal like mentoring mm. but it's been very um the impact has sort of been the same um, and I've had it throughout my career I've still got very supportive managers now where I'm at at, um, at Birmingham um, and they know how involved I am in the HSA and they're they're happy for me to do that um and it's you know it's all other um, adding strings to your bow really isn't it it's it's it is invaluable when you've got you've you've you can tell the difference when you've got not a supportive manager and a supportive manager um who encourages you to do things and, and go out there and um and achieve what you want to achieve really so I think anyone who's unsure about whether a mentor's for them or not it doesn't have to be formal just talk to people and, and gain from their experience as well that's it'll help you see the wood for the trees really if when you're stuck. I wanted to ask about career plans, um, whether you have one and if you feel they're important. Um, you know, I mean, some of these can be, some career plans can be very sort of rigid. You know, by this time, I want to be here in that band or doing this, doing that, whatever. Um, some of them might be built around sort of maybe individual goal setting or whatever. But um, so I wanted to ask, uh, first of all, I'm going to come to you, Naylor. Did you do you have a particular career plan where you're looking to to get to in terms of NHS procurement? I have a development plan. Right. Okay. Rather, um, of where I would like to be and the skills that I would like to build. Hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think that if you work hard and if you develop a, if you develop yourself, that will generate results. So the progression will come organically almost mm-hmm. um but like i said for me it's a lot about my own self-development and yes i do want to progress but i think that will happen naturally as my skills get better with that okay. Right. okay rebecca um yeah so i'm hoping to do a master's in public procurement law at some point potentially in the next mm-hmm. couple of years i'd like to move more towards having a better understanding of the legal side of contracting and contract terms and things like that. In terms of where I want to be, I'd obviously love to to be up at director level. I'm conscious that that also comes with a lot of stress and pressure. And I feel like in private sector... I think sector, that's fair to say. Yeah, in the private <laughs> sector, I've had that already and I'm not sure if I want that again just yet. So I'd like to get to a point where I'm 
probably 100% comfortable, but extremely competent at what I'm doing at the moment. I want to know everything and be able to to do everything before I'd even think of of, of looking, you know, to move up. But inevitably, I think that I'd like to move up. But at the moment, it's it's not something I'm considering just yet. Just before I move on with that question to, to Joel and, and Sophie, I mean, that that's quite interesting, is it? How much is there when you you all would have um, you know come into an NSS procurement you you would have seen the particularly the stress levels obviously around COVID and the whole PPE thing um, you would have witnessed that personally then you would have witnessed it I guess with the the uh, the people above you and the effect that was having um, just from what um, Rebecca was saying there. Um, what was it like witnessing that? I mean, is that something that is, how do you view that now? I mean, was that, was, was that, a, was that a negative? Was it something that you went, wow, there's a lot of stress that's been generated by this, you know, uh, was it a bit of a sort of rude awakening in a way in that whole period? I think, I think for me, I'm just going to jump in there yeah. because I was in the thick of it. I think, I didn't have the stress as much stress because I yeah. wasn't, you know, the one overall responsible for it. Yeah. Um, but I certainly felt it. And it does kind of, when you've not had that before, you kind of think, oh my God, I don't want to ever do that. But then once you get into roles where that becomes the norm, you kind right. of learn to deal with it in your own way, I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think COVID was a, special exception it was stress for everyone on a whole new level yeah but yeah I, I don't I don't think it should deter people unless you're absolutely like no don't want to do that yeah yeah I'm conscious of myself yeah. and you know it probably gets to a point in your career where you're like okay I've I've had enough I'm I'm happy here I'm just gonna coast until well not coast but carry on at this level until I'm, I, I'm I guess I'm it's part of the development isn't it that that by the time you get into those yeah. positions at that level you've found your own you've had more experience of having to deal with things on a stressful level and, and the hope would be that once you get to that level of uh say like I had a procurement director of procurement that you are then in a position where one of the many tools you've picked up is being able to deal with in those situations it was an extremely um you know excessive situation you know it was an unusual situation thank goodness that that um that 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 came along in terms of to the to the level of the severity um but i thought that was just uh i just wanted to sort of ask a little bit about that did anyone want to add anything at that stage i think it gave me as somebody i think at the time i'd been within the NHS or in supply chain for about three or four months. So I started in the December and in the March, I sort of had the last, what would be my last day in the office for forever, I think. Mm. Um, it gives you a, a viewpoint to what is actually happening in, in the NHS. And for me, it gave me an appreciation of what people that were on the front line were having to deal with that I suppose the general public didn't really see or mm. or understand. You know, there was, there's obviously what got reported, but for me, it, it gave me that understanding of the job that we do, what its benefits are, but also how we fit into mm. 
you know, how the how a trust operates or what a trust needs. So it was, yeah, a bit of an eye-opener for me, I think. It's an unfortunate way to, um, you know, to um, expand not your knowledge. Yeah, definitely. And your, and your experience, something like that. But at the same time, um, in a way, it, it's probably a good, gives you a good sort of bedding down for being able to deal with anything that comes along in the future, I guess. So I guess this, your, your sort of generation of future leaders that did experience that you're going to have a, you know, one would hope a fairly unique experience in terms of dealing of a particular high pressurized situations. It's a steep learning curve. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Sophie, I'm going to come to you now about um, the career plan because I know that you actually have one. <laughs> Because well. <laughs> this came up in the discussion previously. So um, uh, career plan, do you have one? I know you do. Well. Tell us yeah, about it. <laughs> don't it me. So naturally, yeah. I'm a I'm a planner. Yeah. In, even in my personal life, I plan. It's what I do. I, li- I like it. I like being organised. Um, in terms of a career plan, I've got a, I wouldn't say it's a plan. I'd say it's more of a guide. Mm-hmm. But I'm not rigid with it. So. Yeah. I sort of think about where I want to go and I've, I've got a sort of direction where I'd like to head um but I'm happy to kind of if something else comes up yeah that I think, oh actually I've not thought about that mm-hmm. I'm not gonna just slam the door on that potential opportunity sure. um, but I'm not I don't really want to be jumping ship too much so I kind of want a semi a semi-rigid sort of plan guide um I would obviously love to be, you know, confident enough and able enough to go for, you know, heads of procurement, director of procurement. But with you've got to have time in certain places. I'm happy where I am at the moment. It is a very different experience to what I've experienced before. Um, and I've got a big learning curve still ahead of me before I even think about whether I'm ready or not. So I can't really put time frames on things or five-year plans. I could do that in my personal life, fine. But if things yeah. come then that I've not thought about I can't really justify being oh no I'm not that's not to the plan I'm going to stick with that that one because it might be the best decision I ever made yeah. and some of the opportunities I've had now so I didn't plan to go for the role I had now mm-hmm. and that wasn't part of the plan but it came up and sort of my mentality was oh what's what's the worst that can happen they could say no um but it turned out that I got it and it was probably a good move for me so but if I'd have stuck with a plan, it wouldn't have wouldn't have happened as it had. Um, Joe, I'm gonna, I think you're the last one to come to this question. We want your <laughs> career plan right now. <laughs> Maybe for another session. <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, um, jokes aside. I, I normally have a a list of short term short term to medium term goals and this can be for example any specific knowledge that I think I need in order to do my job in a in a better manner and uh, these skills or um, skill set will also help me progress um, in, in in my career so normally as I you know, as I'm doing my my job, I identify some skills or some particular knowledge that I need to either study, go on a course, just read some articles, books, and um, and that's what I I normally do. And I know that by doing this, 
the you know future um, jobs will 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 come uh, naturally. So and it's uh, quite uh, similar to what uh, Sophie said. So last year I wasn't planning to apply for the job I'm currently in. But then I decided to uh, take a, a, a chance, and yeah, I, I I got a job, and I'm 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 quite happy. I I decided to to go for the job because there is also some um, sometimes that you you doubt yourself, but yeah, as long as you you have at least short short to medium term goals, you know the knowledge you 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 have to acquire. Um, I think. Yeah, everyone will will get there, or will get to a to an um, to another job, uh, and will be able to progress uh, naturally. Um, I, I was going to um, ask you. I know that we're going to be shortly losing Rebecca, needs to go off to to another meeting that someone put in at the last minute, which I think's outrageous. But <laughs> <laughs> one of those things you have to get you have to get far. But before you have to leave this, Rebecca, I wanted to um, ask you because. You've all, all four of you here, in reason, some very recently and some reasonably reasonably, reasonably recently, you have uh, come into new roles. You've taken new roles. You've got new trusts and, and, you know, and I wanted to ask you a little bit, just touch on a little bit what you said there, there Joel, um, about what it's like at your development stage within uh, NHS procurement What's it like coming in, changing roles, changing trust, those kind of things? And just before you have to go, Rebecca, I wanted to ask, go to you first on that question because you went from supply chain, didn't you? Yeah. Trust. So can you just tell us a little bit about how that's been before you have to leave us? Um, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I've come from sort of managing a category, a supply chain, managing um, a clinical category, minimally invasive surgery, to now managing capital but not necessarily um, medical equipment. I tend to do estates and infrastructure. So it is a big change when I've spent sort of three years looking after a category that I know inside out to then move to a category that I'm not 100% sure on. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of coming into a trust environment, I'm really enjoying the different elements that are involved. You know, managing a category in supply chain, there's very limited um, sort of activity of where you can go and what you can do. You know, the, in supply chain, the only framework is NHS supply chain. When you're within a trust, there's a number of different frameworks, a number of different organisations, suppliers, you know, different stakeholders within the trust, different departments. So it's so much more interesting in terms of what you're dealing with day to day. No two days are the same. Every day is different. There's always something different that comes through. Um, so I'm enjoying that element of it, the variety, but also speaking to different people, getting the engagement with different stakeholders and working with them for their needs, really. So it's a lot more interesting. And you're because you are not under mayor, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Naila, can I ask you the same question? I know you went to Morecambe Bay. Um, where was you before Morecambe Bay? I was with um, Lancashire Procurement Cluster. That's right. That's right. Um, so, how did you find how did you find that changing over? You, you were obviously going staying within the same sort of thing, but how did you find sort of changing where you were doing that? 
think what has changed for me was my role. So I have, I was a senior buyer, now I'm a procurement manager. Um, so the role in itself has changed and it comes with its challenges. So I'm still learning some of the leadership skills. I'm learning, I'm still developing, you know, the right form of communicating with the re with the different type of stakeholders. Um, so it's still within the same trust. I could say that a lot of the challenges or the challenges for the trust are very similar. It's just I'm working at a different level. Okay. And for me, that has been the major change, really. Okay. Uh, just quickly, Rebecca, if you have to go, feel free to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll speak to you uh, soon. Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, Sophie, uh, same question to you. You've gone over to Birmingham with um, into the uh, remarkable hands and indeed uh, magic feet of Simon Clark there over at Birmingham. Uh, how's it? How's it been? What, how's it been for someone uh, you know at your level making that 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 change? Um, I think for me the biggest change was the scale of what we're doing where was you before so i was at uh uhcw coventry in warwickshire and yep. um, which was a very small and um, big trust but very small procurement team and um, yep. going from sort of three procurement managers covering the whole spend mm. to category team structure um, and more of a role where it's similar to nala it's um uh, a change in role and um, that was the biggest sort of difference um, and working across five different trusts rather than just the one. Um, you've got to manage different systems, different um, stakeholders, aligning all, all of the um, work plans and everything like that. It's um, a big change, but also sort of taking on more of a people management role. Um, sort of the higher up you go, the more people management, less procurement you do, um, or I found anyway. Um, it's, that's the biggest change, I think, just the, the sheer scale um and how complex it is so fast-paced and um, you've got to be on your toes all the time Th thinking quickly change in pace everything and um, it's challenging but it's it's rewarding at the same time and it all aids development doesn't it all, absolutely, all, all that yeah. stuff absolutely uh joe same question to you where, where are you at now and uh where were you before so i've um I moved from uh, the procurement shared services team at LPP last year to uh, the dig digital health uh, team, still at LPP, but I moved from one team yeah. to 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 the other. Um, so far, so far, it's been it's been quite uh, interesting. Uh, of course, the the role um, and the, the the responsibilities are are different, and. Um, the, the the subject matter so whereas before i was supporting uh, procurement exercises across i'll say probably three different teams pharmacy uh, states and facilities and um, workforce whereas now um, i'm more uh, i'm more focused in uh, the electronic patient records um, area uh, but before i was I was dealing more with uh, internal uh, stakeholders, so uh, people that were uh, were working at LPP, whereas now um, I'm working with um, several trusts across the country, so um, 
different um, different people, different uh, stakeholders, uh, different ways of of working. Um, what, what, when you go from talking to one trust to another, uh, but it's been uh, very uh, interesting. But yeah, that's the main the main difference uh, uh, between uh, those two jobs. As we look, as we look to wind up this uh, this this first future leaders uh, podcast, and it will be the the first one because the plan is to return with our group to address certain issues that come up. Um, there will also be webinars around future leaders, etc. And of course, um, we have the HTSA Winter Conference coming up November 28, 29, and there will be the Future Leaders Programme as well. I just wanted to ask you, what is, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit, but you know, I, fi- I, figure, I figure that you can handle it. I'm going to put you on the spot a bit. I wanted to ask you, what's the one thing you've learned so far that you would say to someone who's maybe say is like starting in NHS procurement has started today. What's the one thing you've learned that you would say to them? And I I can see faces thinking, don't come to me first, (laughs) but I'm going to come to Sophie. I'm going to come to you first. I think I'll tell you why, because you were smiling. You look like, Oh yeah. I know exactly what I'm going to say here. I think now, I do. Yeah. I hope I've read the signals. Otherwise, I've, <laughs> so I've hung you out to dry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sophie, as chair of the Future Leaders Group, um, what is the one thing you've learned already that you already feel you yourself could pass on to someone that was just coming into the um, into the industry? Don't don't be afraid to ask questions, even if you think it's a really silly question someone's going to have thought about it before and they'll have the answer it doesn't matter if it's a really silly question i'll I'll ask silly questions all the time i think oh we're just being a bit of a div there um Mm. but i'll ask it because i need to know really Um, and there's no point sitting and stewing not knowing the answer when someone else will for a little bit of pain just to think oh i'm gonna feel a bit silly just ask the question do you know i think that is i think that is so true because I actually went the complete opposite way of you. I did when I was like, when I started, I actually, when I first started off, I started off in, um, in, uh, in, in journalism. You know, I was, I was an actual journalist reporter for various different publications um, in the, if you like, sort of first half of my career before I came over to the side of it now. And um, I, I, I did the complete opposite of that. I, I was convinced that it was a really bad look to ask any questions whatsoever. And I didn't ask a single question for years. And I, I just worked on the idea that no idea what he meant by that. I had no idea what that acronym is. No idea what that's about. But what I'll do is I'll nod, say I know what it is. And sometimes they'd, they'd even say to me, and do you know what that is? And I'd go, yes, I do know what that is. I don't. But as far as you know, I do. And I'm just going to try and figure it out in the next day or two by you know, you know, reading something or going online or, or, or talking to someone else. And you're absolutely right. That's That was how I looked at it when I was starting out in my career uh, as a journalist. And it was definitely not, not that it wasn't so much. I mean, I managed to get away with it, but I think it's not so much that you are definitely much better off asking questions. You're absolutely right, Sophie. Um, because apart from anything else, it's actually far less stressful than doing what I did. And, and then thinking, right, I've got to try and, I've got to try and like, figure out everything he was just talking about. 
Um, so I, th- I think that's some really good. You're absolutely right. That's really good advice. Do not be afraid to ask to ask questions. Um, I think I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Naila now. If that's okay, Naila, what what would yeah. you what one bit of what would you impart? I had some time to think now. Yeah, um, I would think possibly get to know your you get to know your customers, your, your stakeholders. Mm-hmm really get to know them and get to know your suppliers yeah and and that goes on the back of what sophie said ask the questions that you need to ask Mm -hmm. develop those relationships because procurement is a lot about the relationships that you develop not just about the processes so it's getting to know them getting to know the suppliers and like i said the stakeholders that you work with the customers that takes you a long way i think it makes the work a lot easier (laughs) Excellent. You should develop the relationships, yeah. Yeah, excellent. So ask questions, uh, build the relationships, make sure you're, you're building those relationships from the word go. Um, Joel, you've had loads of time to think about it. I'll tell you what, the amount of time you've had to think about it, your answer is <laughs> going to be absolutely off the charts. Amazing. Do I you can know feel what? it already, Joel. I'm going to come up with 10 ideas. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, only ha- I only have two. So first yeah. one is uh, take initiative. Um, I remember when I first started my career in procurement, I was a little bit afraid of uh, you know, t- t- making decisions because I-, I thought, okay, how about if something goes wrong? Sure. But um, I've learned uh, a lot from procurements that went very well and um, another another procurements or projects, it doesn't need to be a procurement exercise that uh, had, a, had a lot of lessons learned um, in the end. So yeah, take the initiative is, um, is the first one. And second one is um, something that one colleague once told me, start at the beginning. Um, when you look at your uh, the knowledge the knowledge that you you need for a certain again for a certain job it doesn't need to be procurement but in this case let's take yeah. uh, procurement as as an example ask yourself why you are doing that why you are running a tender why you are, why you are applying those rules why there is a threshold um, so you 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 know the reason. And, and the theory behind what you are doing. At least for me, it, it is very important that I know that. So why yeah. wh- why do I need to do this? Why mm. do I need to be fair and transparent to everyone, to all mm-hmm. the suppliers that I'm, I'm I'm working with? So those were or those are the the two that I can I can think about. So take initiative, and um, start at the beginning learn the, the learn the theory not before you go into the job but alongside you are doing your yeah. job that's great do you know what i like about those answers as well is um they all interconnect don't they yeah so a lot of it is about being you know not being afraid to to ask to not being afraid to um to build that initial knowledge you need and you do that by asking questions when you're first in a in a new role or a new industry um and as you say asking questions whether it's the people you work with or your customers as you were saying uh, saying Naila and that so I, I like the fact that those all in, interconnect into I think some really good advice there and how to do it 
Um, and I also think that that's the perfect note to end it on. So I want to, first of all, you know, you're, you're very busy people. I know that. And so I want to thank you for the time, not just the time for doing this podcast, but the time that you give towards the Future Leaders group as well. Um, so thank you, Joel. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Naila. Thank you, Rebecca, who's not with us. I don't know if anyone wants to do an impersonation of Rebecca. Say thank you and bye. But, you know, probably not you, Joel. Um, but uh, so thank you for the time that you've given towards this podcast and the Future Leaders Group in general. So I just wanted to thank you for that. And I hope you can join me on the next episode of Supplycast. Bye. <laughs>